Davidson, and I would like you to join me as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's pray. My Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend under the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I also ask for a spirit of grace on this message. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Let's start with a song to get this thing hopping. The Fourth Man by Water of Life Quartet. An oldie, but a goodie with a great message. story from the good book we know, a story about a miracle that happened long ago. We hope that you'll take courage when temptations you meet. There's somebody watching you who's strong when you're weak. They wouldn't bend. They held up to the will of God, so we are told. They wouldn't bow. They would not bow their knee to the idol made of gold. They wouldn't bend. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. Prophet Daniel tells about three men who walked with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before the wicked king they stood. And the king commanded them down the throne in the fiery furnace that day. And the fire so hot that the men were slain that forced them on their way. They wouldn't bend. They held them to the will of God, so we are told. They wouldn't bow. They would not bow their knee to the idol made of gold. They wouldn't bend. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't and the king rose up to witness their awful fate He began to tremble at what he saw And his daughter's tones he spake Did we not cast three men all bound into the midst of the fire? Though I see four men unheard, I'm bound to walk down there There's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego And the fire coals they trod In the form of the fourth man I see is like the Son of God They would They held unto the will of God, so we are told They would bow. They would not bow their knees again to Mark 1 verses 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. This is one of the very first messages that Jesus preached. There was so much truth in the few words that Jesus tells us here. If we have ears to hear, 
Verse 15, and say, Jesus said this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. This is what Jesus preached. And he says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, what is that kingdom of God? It is a variety of things, but there's three verses I want us to get in our hearts. And that's why I keep repeating them. 1 Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. It's in power. The kingdom of God is in power. Also, Luke 17.21 Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. This is Jesus speaking. He said, But behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It is not at a place The kingdom of God is within you. And also, Luke 12, 32, Jesus speaking. He said, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did you know that? Did you know that it's the heavenly father's good pleasure to give you the power? And to put it in you. That is the kingdom. And that's what we want. We want those miracles. We want to see the power of God working in our own lives. And Jesus said it is here. It's available. But then, but then he tells us how to get it. He tells us how to get it. He said in the next phrase, repent you and believe the gospel. He didn't say believe the kingdom. He didn't say, follow the Ten Commandments, did he? He didn't even say, follow the law of Moses. What did he say that brings the power? He said, repent you and believe the gospel. Those five words, oh, the wealth and the power in those words, if we will hear them, repent you and believe the gospel. I have seen books in Christian bookstores, Seven Steps to Faith, Five Steps to Prosperity, Six Steps to Get Your Healing. Do you know that Jesus told you how to have faith? He told you how to get healed. He told you how to walk in prosperity in those five words in his very first message. He said, how do you get it? Repent you and believe the gospel. Is that simple or what? Repent you and believe the gospel. There is how you find your healing. There is how you find your prosperity. There is where you're going to get forgiven and justified and set apart to God. There is where the gifts of the Spirit are going to work in you. In those five words that Jesus spoke in his very first message, repent you and believe the gospel. How can that be? Well, we know, and we have gone over in the previous messages, that that word repent, that word repent, that doesn't mean throw away all your booze. That doesn't mean to cut up all your cigarettes. No, that is not what that repent means. If you will look it up in a concordance, and thank God for concordances, 
You know, we don't have to go to college for 10 years to learn Hebrew. We don't have to go to seminary to understand Greek. Numerous scholars went before us and did all the work, and they put it down in those concordances, and we can use those. But if you look up that word repent in a concordance in the Greek, all it means is to change your mind. Change the way you're thinking. Change your will. Change what you're thinking. Don't think this, but think something else. That's what Jesus was saying. Change what you're thinking. Change what you're trusting in and do what? Believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. And we know the gospel is defined in the word. And that gospel is simple. It had to be to save us. Now, that gospel defined. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 again, because here is the bona fide definition of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to begin in verse 3. For I delivered unto you, Paul speaking, first of all, that which I also received. So Paul received it first. And what did he receive? How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he was raised again the third day, according to to the scriptures. This was done according to the scriptures. Did you know that this gospel was preached since Adam and Eve were in the garden? Do you know that God preached the gospel to Abraham? Do you know that the Spirit of God preached the gospel to Moses? Did you know that the Father preached the gospel to King David? And Solomon and all the prophets after them, he preached the gospel. And that gospel that Jesus died for our sins was according to that which God spoke to the prophets, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again according to what God preached to the prophets from day one. Isn't that beautiful? That gospel is that Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again. And that's what Jesus said in his very first message. We need to repent, change what we're thinking and believe the gospel. Believe the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, how do we do that? How do we believe that? Let's go, and I will show you that gospel again in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is the gospel. It is what the Spirit of Jesus in Isaiah spoke 700 years before Jesus came into the earth. Verse 1, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That arm is Jesus. That arm is the Messiah. It says, verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. 
a man of sorrows that word is pain and acquainted with grief that word is sickness and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not we watched this come to pass as we read Matthew Mark Luke and John because it was prophesied in the scriptures now verse 4 surely he has borne our sicknesses and he carried our pains but yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities not his ours the chastisement the punishment what it was going to take for our peace was put upon him did you know that that word peace that word peace includes prosperity it includes welfare it includes security it includes safety it includes well-being it includes peace with god everything that was between us and the Father, God put on Jesus so we could have that peace. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Do you have the courage to believe those words? Do you have the guts to believe the word of God? Jesus said in John 10, the scriptures cannot be broken. That's what our Messiah said. The scriptures cannot be broken. Well, then these scriptures in Isaiah cannot be broken. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And I love this next line. And the Lord, that's Jehovah. That's our Heavenly Father. The Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. He didn't leave anybody out. He didn't leave you out. He put your iniquity, he took it from you, and he put it on Jesus. He took your iniquity, your sin from you, and he put it on Jesus. Amen. And let's go down to verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord. It made God happy to do this to Jesus. That's what those words say. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. The scripture cannot be broken. Why did it please the Lord to bruise Jesus? Because he was going to get you out of the deal. He was going to save us from our destruction. He has put him to grief. He made Jesus sick. He made Jesus sick. That's the gospel. When he shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 
He shall see the Father Jehovah, shall see the travail of Jesus' soul, paying for my sin, Jesus paying for your sin. And what happens? And he shall be satisfied. He shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He bore yours. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because Jesus poured out his soul unto death. You see, right there it shows the Messiah was going to have to die. He was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many. He made intercession for the transgressors. And the first word in that verse, therefore, shows you God raised him from the dead. Why did he raise Jesus from the dead? Because sin was paid for. The Father was satisfied. He was satisfied in the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, not only for your sins, but he also paid all the consequences of that sin. Poverty is a consequence of sin. Sickness is a consequence of sin. Do you have the courage to believe the word of God? Do you have the courage to believe the word of God? Do you have the courage to change the way you're thinking? Repent and believe the gospel. Believe what Jesus did for us on the cross. I have a perfect illustration of this, how the Father taught me how to repent and believe that gospel. He put me years ago in a grocery store as a sign maker. This was before we had all the big printers. We had to do all the grocery store signs by hand, and I was hired to do that job. There were hundreds and hundreds of signs in that store. And when they hired me, this was the agreement, that if there were any signs that had to be made, I would make them. I would clock in certain times of the week, and I would go around to all the different departments, and I would ask them what signs they needed me to do for their department. And then I would go up in my office, and it was a long table that had several different oversized magic markers very large ones, some of them, to use to make the signs. I would make the signs, and then I would deliver them back to the department. Now, the agreement was this. If there were no signs to make, then I didn't stay. I clocked out. So for me to make any money, there had to be signs. And there were times when there weren't any signs. Well, if there weren't any signs, I didn't make any money. And that money that I made working in that grocery store was our grocery money from my family of four at the time. Well, I had heard this message over and over about how Jesus died for me and how he took on my poverty and how in Corinthians it says he became poor so that I might be rich. And I was determined that I was going to go into that grocery store and I was going to believe that there were going to be a lot of signs to do so that I would make a lot of money that day. I walked in the grocery store. I went up to my place, and I picked up my clipboard. I started going to the different departments. The first one was the meat department, and I walked up to him and said, Hello, do you have any signs for me to do today? And he said, No, Kathy, we have no signs I need today. Okay. 
So I headed for the next apartment. And as I was going to these different apartments, I was talking to myself very low, very quietly, but I was ministering to myself. And what I was ministering was Jesus became poor, that I might be rich, that Jesus on the cross carried my poverty. And I would speak to myself quietly. I went to the next apartment. They didn't have any signs. Instead of getting discouraged, Instead of looking at the situation, I would say, Jesus became poor, that I might be rich. That Jesus took my poverty on the tree. The chastisement of my peace was on him. All the different departments, that is what I would say. In every department I went to, except for one, they had three little signs for me. I could do those in less than a minute. It was looking bad, folks. But you know what? As I was walking down those aisles, I refused to look at what I saw. I repented. I changed the way I was thinking that I wasn't going to make any money that day. I changed the way I was thinking, and I believed, trusted in, committed to that gospel. I don't care what it looks like. Jesus died that I might be rich. I was given prosperity on the tree. I don't care what it looks like. Jesus made me rich. I went to the very last department. This was the produce department. And the produce manager was different than all the other managers. I knew before I got there what he was going to say. He didn't like me doing his signs. And he had a lot of signs. In fact, when you walked into the produce department, all along the west wall, wall to wall was nothing but very large signs that he did by hand. And there also, around every single table of all the produce, there were smaller signs that had to be done, and he did every one of those. And then there were even a smaller third-sized sign inside all the different produce, and he did all those. But every week, I'd walk up to him, and I'd be as nice as I could be. Hello, Phil, how you doing? Are there any signs you'd like me to do today? Every single week, I got the same answer. You know I don't like you doing my signs. I do my own signs. Thank you very much. I said, okay. And I turned around and headed up the stairs. That whole distance back to my desk, up those stairs, I kept saying to myself, I will not look at this situation. I will not look at how dismal it looks. The only thing I'm going to believe, I'm going to trust in, I'm going to commit to that when Jesus died on the cross, he took my poverty. And I went up to my office and I got out the three little signs that I was going to make for the day. Still not letting go that Jesus died for me, that he was buried for me, and that he was raised again for me and that included my poverty. And as I was getting the materials out to make those three little signs, there was a call on the intercom. It was our store manager, Bruce. He said, Kathy, I'd like you to meet me in produce. So I did. I took up my clipboard and I headed down to produce to talk to the manager. And as I was walking up to the produce, I saw Bruce standing there. And he was not a happy man. And I saw the produce manager standing right next to him. And he was even more unhappy. And I walked up to Bruce and I said, hello. I said, what can I do for you? 
That manager turned around and he pointed to all the signs along that wall. He said, you see all those signs up there? I said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to redo every one of those signs. And then he said, do you see all those signs around the table? I said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to redo every one of those signs. I said, yes, sir. He said, you see all the little signs amongst the produce? I said, yes, sir. He said, I want every one of those little signs redone. Do you hear me? I said, yes, sir. And he said, and not only that, you are to do every single sign in this produce department from now on. Do you understand me? I said, yes, sir. Do you see what happened? I stayed with what the gospel did for me. I didn't look. I didn't consider what was going on. I only considered the word that Jesus died for me. And you know what happened? The word of God, which is stronger than everything, went through that lie and manifested the truth. And the truth was that I was made prosperous by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And I worked on those signs for hours in fact, days. That is our gospel. That is the kingdom of God. That is what Jesus paid for on the tree. And what did he say? How are we going to get that power? It's so simple. He said, repent and believe the gospel. Now it is written in John 3 that you can't even see that gospel until you were born again. Did you know that? John 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now Jesus answered this ruler of the Jews, this Pharisee who followed the law of Moses. Jesus answered and said unto him, listen to what Jesus told this man. He said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he said in verse seven, again to Nicodemus, he said, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Do you know what Jesus said to a man that followed the Ten Commandments, that followed the law of Moses, a ruler of the Jews, that recognized the power of Jesus. You know what Jesus said to him? He said, you must be born again just to see the kingdom. Well, if Nicodemus had to be born again to see the kingdom, we do too. How are we born again? How can we receive Jesus? Jesus made it simple. That's his love for us. Romans 10, 9. If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou, you, shall, that's a promise, be saved. If you would like to be born again, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me, teach me, fix me. And I ask this in your name, 
Jesus. No, you don't have to stop sinning to come to Jesus. That would be like not going to the hospital until you stop bleeding. Jesus has the power to fix your issues. And with that prayer, he will step in. He always hears that prayer. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would like to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. That's kd at kdwol.com. Or you can write her at Kathy Davidson, Post Office Box, 94 1925, Plano, Texas, 75094. You can also find her on the internet at her website, kdwol.com, and on Facebook and also YouTube. Until next time, God bless.